Meditation 14, Don't Fence Me In. I'm reminded of this old song when I think of how we Christians sometimes do this to the Holy Spirit. We want to control him, find a formula for receiving him, decide when he may or may not appear, and then what he is allowed to do when he comes. But the Holy Spirit is not something to be controlled. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit appears as wind, water, fire, a dove. You can't contain these things. Jesus explained the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus in John 3 verse 4. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Perhaps that's how we like the Holy Spirit to come, gently wafting in and surrounding us with peace and love. Perhaps that's what we expect and desire when we say, come Holy Spirit. And if we get a scripture or a word or a picture for ourselves or someone else, we are delighted. And so we should be. But what happens if it's not like that? I love the description of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost in Acts 2 verses 2 to 4. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a mighty wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit came in power and the church was born. We pray for revival, but are we willing to receive such power if it comes with groans, shouts, laughing, shaking, falling, and other such powerful yet uncontrollable manifestations? The disciples at Pentecost were staggering around under the Spirit. The people were watching and thought they were drunk. That's enough to ruin anyone's reputation. Will we welcome the Spirit and go boldly where he is leading? Or will we deem it inappropriate and unsuitable and shut it down? I absolutely love this story from a new wine summer camp where hundreds and hundreds of youth were gathered together worshiping. Suddenly there was a bit of a commotion in the middle of the crowd. It began to feel like a distraction, so the leaders carefully drew the chattering individuals out and took them to the back of the venue, ready to tell them the proper way to behave in the presence of the king. Filled with joy and excitement, the young people interrupted the lecture they were about to receive and began to explain what had just miraculously happened to their friend. She had self-tattooed the word worthless on her forearm with a penknife and had been going through agony over how she viewed herself. As she was worshipping, the Holy Spirit fell on her and she began rejoicing over how the Lord saw her and she began receiving his love and power into her heart and life. Then something incredible happened. Her arm was completely healed. No one touched her or prayed over her. The Lord touched her and the word vanished. Not only the word, but all the scarring right down her arm. Her friends were literally jumping and shouting and praising God. That was the disturbance the leaders tried to shut down. 
That was the Holy Spirit at work, and it's messy and uncontainable. The question is, when we say, come Holy Spirit, are we really expecting him, seeking him, longing for more? Are we even in a place believing fire can fall and wind can blow? When the fire does fall, it fills and enables us, and we are transformed and changed forever. Do we think the Holy Spirit is only for the superheroes who seem to have it all together? No, the Holy Spirit comes on the likes of you and me. It doesn't matter if you think you're worthless or how many mistakes you've made. It's about being willing to receive and being obedient. Peter hardly had a great track record before the Holy Spirit came on him at Pentecost and he preached a message of the good news of the kingdom and thousands believed. This was the man who chased away the children who were coming to Jesus, tried to walk on water and would have drowned if Jesus hadn't grabbed him, was told by Jesus, get behind me, Satan, chopped off someone's ear and then denied he even knew Jesus, not once, but three times. You are not the sum of your past mistakes disqualifying you from receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. You just have to want the Holy Spirit and then ask. You also need to be willing to follow where he leads. After all, you don't want to be like Jonah and we all know where he ended up. For the church to be birthed, it needed the disciples to come out of hiding in the upper room and get out and declare the truth of who Jesus is. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to leave the building and show the love of Jesus to those around you? As Christians, we are filled with the Holy Spirit at conversion, but we need fresh empowering. Could it be time to commit your works to the Lord again, asking the Holy Spirit to be the one who empowers you every day? Are there areas of your life where you are operating in your own strength? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where and then invite him in. Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in the ministries you're involved with at home, in the workplace, at church or wherever he leads you? Do you sense there is an army rising up in the UK at this time? What are you seeing? And are you ready to take your place and be part of what the Lord is doing by his spirit? This move of the Holy Spirit that we are experiencing now is God doing something supernatural to awaken his children, that's you and me, to anoint and equip us for new things that we've never experienced before. I don't want to be spiritually asleep and miss it, but awake to all God is calling me into. Will you join me? Let the words of the song flow over you now and let the Holy Spirit call you deeper and deeper as you surrender yourself to him. Wait. 
Oh. 